the Mel Gedroyd Podcast. Hey there, it's Mel G, and this week on my little podcast, we shall be talking all things croupier. Lovely word, isn't it? Yeah, casinos and croupiers will be talking about what makes Bush intolerant. He's left the room so I can talk about him. And also time. Time! Time with an I and time with an H-Y. All those things. If you like that, have a listen to me every Saturday lunchtime from One on Magic. There'll be more chat, some great songs, I can assure you of that, thrown in for good measure. Now, listen up, Bush. Quandary. Little quandary for you to chew over. Okay. On this very exciting day where the clocks go forward. They do. More of that anon. Well done. My One of my daughters said to me, where does the hour go? And like like a like a thick parent, remember we discussed this before. Yeah. You just as a parent you just feel thick. I don't know the answer to anything. I said, Well, it doesn't go anywhere, it's just for the farmers in the EU. <laughs> and she was like, No, but where does it actually go? Yeah. She's got a point. And I sort of said, Well, the whole of time sort of shifts forward. And she said, Well, what, in a sort of Einstein way? And then I just thought, Oh, come on, I'm out I'm out of my depth here. Where does the hour go, Bush? It's where, where do they get where these questions? Where do kids get these questions from? And the other thing as well is that they won't accept, they get to a certain age and they won't accept your dismissive try and wriggle out of it stupid parent answer that I always yes. give. Because they uh, they question you further and want to know more. Exactly. And well, they have knowledge to back it up with, Bush. They really do? Yeah. Uh, I don't really understand the clock going forward. I mean, I know that obviously we get an hour less sleep and I know that there is light where there shouldn't be light of your. Yes. But where does it go? Because it's got to go somewhere, doesn't it? That hour has to go somewhere. Does it get pushed along the equator or something? Is it to do with that? <laughs> Some farmer in Chile suddenly has got a load of time on his hands. Oh, now you're confusing me, Bush. But, like, if you were doing an overnight shift um, tonight when the clocks go forward... forward spring forward, fall, fall back. back. Spring forward, forward fall, fall back. back. Yes. Does, it, does that mean you've got to, like, you can go home earlier? Or does, what does that mean? Does it mean you're younger? <laughs> Maybe it means younger. Does it make you an hour younger, Bush? Maybe it does. Now, Bush, back to this enormous subject of time, yeah. the universe, yeah. and our place within it. I've just mm-hmm. had a thought, OK? What if one spent one's days hopping between different time zones? Then you'd never grow old. <laughs> Is this what Cher does? Is this what she means when she says turn back time? Yes, she is uh, gerrymandering around time zones. Thanks for gerrymandering, mate. I haven't said that word in a long time. I love the word gerrymandering. It doesn't get enough outings, does it? It's great. Please try and use gerrymandering today wherever you are. Yeah. But I also find it quite weird. We're going to lose an hour tonight. Yeah. Uh, What if you got up and and made yourself a glass of water because you couldn't sleep? Hang on a sec. Made yourself a glass of water? (laughs) Bush, what kind of water are you drinking, mate? Are you going out and sort of hacking off some ice <laughs> with a pickaxe or something? Created a bit mean? of water. Well, you know, a lot of people these days have got those ones where you don't just take water from the tap. You pour it into a really expensive filtration system. Okay. Put that in the fridge and then pour it. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. That's making water. So that's a making a bit of water. But say you do it at two o'clock in the morning, which I think is the time when the oh, hour awful, jumps yeah. forward. Oh. Oh, I didn't even know that. I think it's at 2am it happens. So is that the time... That's a whole new... That's a whole new level of intricacy. Because the hour's got to go at some point. So if you get up in the night at the time when the hour goes, does that mean you never got up at all because it never happened because that hour didn't exist? When you start thinking about it, it's almost like pulling apart the fabric of time, Mel. It is, mate. Isn't it? Call me David Ruddy Tennant. 
<laughs> slash Tom Baker, slash Sylvester McCoy, slash Colin Baker. I'm literally going through the list, slash Patrick Troughton, slash John Pertwee, uh, slash the others that I've forgotten. <laughs> but it's a worry, isn't it? It so, is. So if you were on the tube, if you were down in the tube station at midnight, yeah, um, according to Paul Weller, at midnight, it would still be midnight, it wouldn't be one o'clock. Yeah, it's, it's a bit Tonight. like... If you are walking to the front of a plane whilst it's flying along, are you going faster than the plane? Oh, are you younger at the front of the plane? Maybe you are. I feel like we've posed many questions, but not not any answers. Listen, gang, physicists out there, yeah? Wannabe Stephen Hawking's young physicists with fresh brains. Just please get in touch with us. Mel, you can have first go on the... uh, I feel bad that I always get the best sound effect out of the jar. Oh, Bush, you're so nice. First dibs of the pod pot. First dibs on the pod pot. Oh, oh look at that. <laughs> so satisfying. It's got it's got one of those bright orange seals. Yes. And one of those lovely little, very satisfying clips on the edge. I love bush, I love old fashioned I know you do, glass and stuff. It's just yeah, so fascinating. Yeah, you've told us about fifty five thousand times. Now let's go into into our pod quest. Oh, what a great question. Mm. This is absolutely great. Have you ever met a croupier? (laughs) (laughs) Now, that immediately makes me think of croup. Yes. Which is an awful, awful thing that kids often get uh, to do with the lungs, and it makes them cough as if they're barking like a seal or a dog. My mum told me that me and my brother both had croup. croup. Awful. My, we my youngest used to get croup. We ended up in hospital three times with it. Is it still going on, or yeah. have they got rid of it? It's not a Victorian disease. Like, um, mind you, Ricketts is making a, a reappearance. Is it? Making a yes. comeback? Yes. Oh, dear. Um, croup makes you go, oh, 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 like that. It's awful. Like a seal. Babies get it. It's awful. From the little cot, all you hear is, oh, oh, oh. Is it the same as whooping cough? No. I don't think it is. I think it's more to do with sort of it's like bronchiolitis or something. Oh dear, like a sort of bronchial thing. Anyway, anyway. so we're talking croupier, mm. not as in the barking cough, but as in um, the little man with the rake or the little lady with the rake who pushes all the uh, little stuff things. around chips. chips. Chips, that's the word. Chips. Pushes the chips around. I've got to confess something. I've only ever been inside a casino. In fact, I've never been inside a casino. You've never been in a lie. casino. I was about to lie and say I've only been in one once. <laughs> never been in one. How come you've never been in one? Well, I'm just a bit lame and a little bit square. I think you'd love it in there. Really? Yeah. My sister-in-law, for her 40th birthday, had a uh, roll-up, roll-in, roll-along, bring-along-your-own-casino <laughs> evening. Yeah? Yeah. And there was a croupier with that who was dressed as a matador. So <laughs> I have met a croupier, but it was in a, in a private house. It wasn't quite the same. Mel, there are so many games you can play in a casino. Because I've been to Vegas and stuff where you you can sit there and and drink, get free drinks while you're playing. Craps is the best one where you throw the the dice down the table like a James Bond movie. So good. But don't you come away just having lost all your money? You do a little bit. You have to make sure you you, you set a limit. So you think, I'm only going to spend 50 quid or whatever. Okay. And then that's your lot. I worry about the dress code as well, because whenever I've seen croupiers and casinos, to be honest, it has been on James Bond films, I think I've got to have a halter neck dress. <laughs> I don't have the suitable underwear to go with a halter neck dress, i.e. a bra. You can't wear a bra underneath a halter neck dress, Bush. Girls' Not... clothing, so complicated. Do you know what I'm saying? So, on that front alone, yeah. I can't go into a casino, because I haven't got the right gear. So, if you had the kit, you would go? 
Yes, but getting the right kit would take me weeks <laughs> and getting into it would take hours. <laughs> and then, oh, the high heels going from the tube into the casino. It sounds how like a you, the logistical it's, it's nightmare. It's a logistical nightmare for me, mate. Do you know the weird thing is about croupiers as well? When you go to a casino, you, you, there, are, there are very set rules about what you can and can't do. So you can never hand them the chips directly because it has to go on the table so that it's then filmed from above. Because they've got people watching everyone's every move with all these secret cameras. So That's that, too stressful, To mate. prove that you're not card counting or cheating or whatever. Did you wear a jacket or did you wear jeans? We went in dinner jackets, like proper suited up. yeah. Like, yeah. like high rollers. I'm sure people thought we were definite high rollers. Were you Ocean's 14? That's what it was. Would you, if you were in Vegas, dress up, or would you just wear jeans? Sorry, I'm slightly obsessed with the dress code. No, no, I, I, in, in Vegas, dress up, 100%. <gasps> British, British casinos, I'd go a bit more cash. Really? Yeah, maybe like a, a sports blazer and a pair of jeans with a tucked in shirt. Kind oh, of the Clarkson look. Oh, a bit more Clarks. You see, yeah. oh, I don't know. So what would a woman wear with that? I don't know. Yeah, I'd say it was more difficult. I could wear difficult. tweed, I suppose. I could wear my tailmail outfit. You could, you could get the tailmail kit on. We'll be <laughs> sorted. Tweed cape. Rise up like you do <laughs> when you're getting close to your number coming up on the roulette. What are croupiers like then? As a, as a sort of, I know you can't generalise, but are they very enigmatic? Are they a bit grim? Are they friendly? I feel like they remind me of somebody that works in a bar where lots of characters go, and they've probably seen some sights over the years. Okay, so there's a sort of. There's a slight, uh, you know, veils, the the seven veils of Salome. Yeah, I think they witness many things, but they've got to keep it and internalise it because they it, they have to be very secretive. Quite pale, I should imagine. Yeah, working at night indoors, that kind of thing. Slightly sort of waxy skin. Slightly waxy skin, yeah. but did you know this? That in a lot of casinos, they pump oxygen into the room to try and keep you awake for longer, <gasps> so you will bet for longer. So you spend. It's terrible. And do they keep them really cold as well? Yeah, they, they keep <gasps> you moving all the time. So, because you know, they want you to go to sleep and want to go back to your hotel room, they want you in there spending. I wish they would pump oxygen just into our normal jobs to keep us awake for a bit. That'd be good, wouldn't That'd it? That'd be very good. That'd be great. Oxygen. Mm. Click a button and ask for a, could I have a couple, what's it, is it a kilogram of oxygen? What would you use as oxygen? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, no, it's a sort of, it's cubic, cubic air. Can cubic, I have a bit more cubic air, please? Cubic meterage of oxygen. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Oh, but thanks for clearing that up, though, and I will now go to a casino. Thanks, Bush. It's time for Bush's Red Letter, Red Letter Day. Bush, what day is it? Can you believe this, Mel? Today is World Waffle Day. <gasps> World Waffle Day. Hello. Do you mean in terms of waffle as in chat or waffle as in the beautiful Belgian sort of crispy thing that you put in a waffle maker. The beautiful Belgian thing. Oh. What would be your... Before I get into the three amazing facts about waffles, what would be your ideal waffle topping? Nuts, chocolate and banana, mate. Really? Absolutely. Without oh, a good. shadow. What about you? I think banana for me, but I didn't consider the nuts or the chocolate at the same time. You can't just have banana, mate. Too dry. But yeah, that's a good point. You need, you need a coagulant in there. <laughs> you need a coagulant. I need to up my waffle game. Here are three facts about waffles. Good. Fact number one. Excellent. Waffles are so damn popular that they actually have two national days of celebration. What? Today, March 25th, is National Waffle Day. Yeah. And it's also National Waffle Day again on August the 24th. That is marvellous. Isn't that good? Fact number two. The yes. noun waffle, meaning the excellent griddled breakfast food, comes from the old German weffan, which meant to weave something into the shape of a honeycomb. Oh, they do, they do look a bit like honeycombs, They do, don't they? they? A little bit. A little bit on the front. Would you ever buy a waffle maker? You know, one of those electric ones, like a like a sandwich maker. Do you know what? I've got a Breville machine, oh, so it's, I, I feel like if I've got the Breville, I can't then get the waffle maker because I'll have nowhere to put stuff down on my work surface. Could you do a waff in a Brev? I reckon you could. You know, 
You could try it. I could give it a go. It's the same principle, isn't it? I tell you what, if I do it, I'll wait until August 24th, the next World Waffle Day, and I'll tell you all about it then. You won't end up with a honeycomb shape, though. You'll end up in that sort of shell-like shape. I love that shell. Yeah. It's the same kind of shape that they put into old ladies' bathrooms. Yes! That clamshell yes. finish. It's the classic Venus. Isn't it? Yeah. It's very weird. Oh, this is great. Final fact about waffles. Yes. Did you know that the Pilgrims first brought the waffle to America in the 1700s? I didn't know that. I always like to throw in one slightly spurious historical fact, and that is it. Oh, I like That's a long time. They've been around for ages. Wow. Ages. I'm tempted to get a waffle maker, mate. I'm not going to lie to you. Do it. I reckon it'd be great. Is it the sort of thing, along with the pasta maker, that would just gather dust? <laughs> and the bread maker. And the bread maker, mate. It's almost like a definitive list of things that are gathering dust uh, in that drawer or covered yeah. in the kitchen. And the nut tree bullet. Yes, one of those. Used that once. Oh, can't bear I nearly bought one of, of those the other no, day. No, don't. Don't do it? Can't bear the sight of it. <laughs> it just fills me with guilt. I'm sorry, Bush, I just asked you... Uh, do you have Blu-ray? As if it was something from the sort of from outer space. Does everyone have Blu-ray now? I think it is now probably the standard. But uh, I love is the it? way you asked me. Do you have the Blu-ray? Do you have the Blu-ray, Bush? <laughs> now listen up, Bush. I need to ask you this: How's your week been? Hey, thanks for asking, Mel. I think I'm getting uh, less tolerant. I'm learning about myself. I think I'm becoming a less tolerant person. Is that something to do with with the TikTok ticking of time and getting a bit older? Well, time seems to be the theme today. I'm, I think I might be getting more cantankerous as uh, time is going on. Okay, okay. Like, for example, I'm getting quite annoyed at the moment uh, the way other people walk. Oh. Do you get annoyed with the way other people walk? I know traffic can be annoying. Yeah. But the way and the behaviours of other people when they walk. You mean they walk too slowly and they get in your way? Loads of different things. For example, right, I don't like people who aren't 100% committed to overtaking you if you're walking. Oh, yeah. If yes. you're going to go round someone, at least have the steam and the puff to do the full manoeuvre. <laughs> don't Let's not walk along at the same time parallel with each other. Parallel is awful. Even awful. worse, is somebody hovering behind you? I know, it's like... I have to stop. If somebody's hovering, I have to stop and pretend to look at my watch or look in a shop window. I cannot bear the hover jobs behind me. Yes, hover jobs. Do you know what I'm saying? Although Let parallel is awful, it's like, make yet yeah, either hang back or go forward. Totally with you there. See, I, I'm not going to then slow down to let them no, of you're not. move ahead. No, of course you're not. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, if you're going to overtake properly, overtake, I can't stand the ones who suddenly stop without any reason. In front well. of you. It's right in front awful. of you. Awful. Really bad. Awful. I also find people who have got buggies with babies. Having been one of those people not that long ago myself, I do, you know, I know how annoying this can be, but they suddenly oh. just turn, just stop and turn with a buggy and you like go over the side of it. Oh, Bush, I, it was awful. I was on an escalator coming here. Mm -hmm. I was on the way to work. Um, and, um, you know, there's that rule on the London Underground that if you're going down the escalator but don't want to walk, you stand on the right. Stand so on the right. Exactly. Now, there was a lady, I'm afraid she did have a buggy, yep. and she stood on the left. Uh-oh. I wove around her because I thought she's probably, you know, a little bit sleepless. She's dealing with, you know, escalator slash buggy slash all that stuff. Yeah. Woman behind me, don't put your buggy on the left. You've got to put it on the right because we've got to walk on the left. And I just thought... Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Have we got to this state of affairs? Mm. I don't want to become that woman. I worry that I might be becoming that woman. <gasps> oh, some good... Oh, Bush! You've got your little um, pack of sweets. Oh, it's like it's like the kids from Fame. We're improing. <laughs> We're, hang on. Live percussion. Oh, come oh, on. A bit of, sa so bit of Saturday percussion. Um, now, Bush, yes, we were discussing the sort of the anxiety that builds up if you live in a big city. 
Yeah, and you just admitted to myself and producer Louise what you do when you're walking around, Mel. Tell everyone what you do. I read a book sometimes. You read and walk. If I'm really massively into a book, as I was into Les Mis, as I bored you with a couple of weeks ago, Uh it's a 900-page roller coaster of brilliance. It's a monster. I couldn't stop reading it, so I would read it in the street. I'd just go along with my nose in the book. Is that so bad? It's a huge book. It's such a massive book. I love the idea that you're walking around with your nose in that in the middle of a busy street. You could end up falling down a manhole. I love it. I've got another one on the go. What's she brought in now? Bit of Dickens, lads. The old curiosity shop. Wow. How many pages is that way? Well, it's not quite up to Les Mis standard. It's uh, 612. And the print on it is tiny. Promise me this, you will not walk around and try and read that at the same time. Well, if I get gripped by little Nell and her doings, (laughs) then I will, I'm afraid. I'm so sorry. What about this, right? Why don't we have, like you have with driving, a universal system of indicating that you have when people walk? Oh, that's quite good. So you put your hand out. Yeah, indicate if you want to turn right across some people. Uh, Maybe put your hand up in the air if you're about to stop suddenly. Put your hand in the air if you don't care. Exactly. Possibly. Yeah. That's quite a good system. A sort of... It's a sort of highway code. Mm-hmm. It's sort of mirror signal manoeuvre, but for the pedestrian. Yeah, and then maybe if we went into shopping centres, you could have an actual lane for people who want to dawdle. And then people like and me... And a fast lane. Yeah, fast lane for kind of people who mince from A to B as quickly as possible, like That's me. That's good, man. Charlie Chaplin in and around. Oh, so there's potential there. You're actually serious about it. I can see it in your yeah. eye. It's a bit of a worry. OK, let's open the uh, pot of doom. Come on, man. Oh, that was very purposeful. Oh, oh did you get your... Oh, pot! Oh, I was about to call you pod. <laughs> Bush, you got your finger stuck in the hinge. Are you it, all right, love? It's just one of the risks and the hazards of the job, <laughs> isn't it, Mel? That's really nasty. You're going to have a little mark. I know, but what a great scar to tell people about. Yeah, the podcast jar hinge. Oh, this old thing. I'd love, to, I'd love to have someone I'm older that I could tell people about. Like My mum and dad used to run an old people's oh, home. Yeah. One of the old ladies in our home was booked on the return journey of the Titanic. <gasps> Imagine having that as a story in the locker. That's ama- oh my gosh, that's that's that sent a bit of a shiver through me. Isn't that amazing? She had a ticket oh. for the return journey of the Titanic. Did she actually keep the ticket? I think she's still got the ticket, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Whereas me, I'm 41. As far as... I haven't got anything. Podcast I, mark? I'd like it. a duelling scar. Would you, I'd, I'd like love a duelling scar. scar. That'd be great. I'd like, I, my granddad had one, my Lithuanian granddad. Did he? Got it in Heidelberg in something like 1912. Wow. All the way down his cheek, and the fashion was in those days to get a duelling scar and then have it sewn up really badly <laughs> so that it stayed. And he had, yeah. He sounds Crazy. like Blofeld. Yeah, yeah. Was it with a, with a sword, a sword, rapier? yeah, with a sword, with a proper sword. Man, I need, I need a backstory. I know, man. And sharpish. I know. Meanwhile, back to the question. Come on. Uh, best lie you've told a child, e.g. the ice cream van only plays music when it runs out of ice cream. <laughs> That's such a good one. Great question. That's such a good one. What have um, you told your kids to just get them off your case? In fact, oh, that's what we're talking about on the show today. It's something similar. It's not quite my lie, but it is my sister's lie, and it's a cracker. So she had a part-time job working in the toy department at Harrods. And she's a very, very good saleswoman, my sis. This was back in the 80s. And a very, very rich sheikh arrived in the department with his retinue. Yeah. And she managed to sell him a broken doll. It was one of those big, sort of slightly sinister with the eyes that go up and down with the lashes. Yeah. Covered in sort of, you know, amazing, uh, you know, outfits, velvet, really expensive doll. It was broken. And she managed to sell the sheikh, the broken doll, by saying that 
it would do his daughter good to realise that not everything in life goes your way. Wow. And she sold it full price. That is thinking on your feet. Isn't that great? If she'd have got right to the final of The Apprentice with that yeah. kind of sales oh, pitch. Oh, my days. She was on roller skates as well. That was her thing. <laughs> that was her little USP. She was on roller skates as she sold it to him. Well, we've all seen Todd Carty on ice skating. So on roller skating, that is, that's quite hard to think when you feel like that, isn't it? You've got to concentrate on that as well. She can sell literally anything, mate. That's great. amazing. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? I love that. Yeah. My mum, my mum told me this and, I still, and I've passed it on to my kids. Oh my gosh, this is a lie that I've told my kids. <laughs> you can't eat the um, mix of cake. Yeah. So if I'm making a cake, the kids can't come and eat. They put their fingers in and eat it because it'll give them worms. Worms. I have heard worms being thrown around as a threat for yeah. years. Yeah, and I have literally, that has gone straight from Rosemary yeah. through me to my kids. Actually, with that in mind, I still use the phrase with my daughter Erin, who's only seven, square eyes. Yeah. Don't watch telly for too long, yeah. you'll get square eyes. And she actually asked me, how have far I, off Have I, I got gonna, square eyes? Have I got yes. square eyes yet? Where does that even come from? It's amazing, isn't it? I love a good lie when it comes to kids. Oh, it's cracking. <laughs> Strong staff bush. It's Mel G on Magic. Hello. I need to uh, just uh, push back my wheelie chair so I can adopt the full stack. You heard that, yeah. The full semi uh, supine straddle. You know what's coming up, gang. Yeah. Time for Tell Mel. You can ask me anything, but don't expect a soft soaping reply. Let them come forward. Hi, Mel. It's George. On Wednesday nights, we always have a chippy dinner. We all have cod and chips, except my wife, who has a fish cake and small chips. I always feel that she's wasting her time with her fish cake. Maybe she should man up, or is that harsh? George, I'm totally with you. What's she doing, even entertaining the idea of a fish cake? What is a fish cake? Would you trust a fish cake if one came up and bit you in the middle of the night? <laughs> exactly. You get her onto cod, mate. Although it is it is quite a rare fish now, so maybe think about Haddock instead. Next, please. Hey, Mel, it's Paul. I've just started seeing this girl and she's coming over to uh, watch a DVD with me, if you know what I mean. What film can I buy to look suitably cultured and cool in front of her? Paul, what do you mean by, do you know what I mean? Do you mean you're not actually going to watch a film? Are you getting her there under false pretenses? I wouldn't trust your ilk, Paul. I would say start off with a nice Fellini. Black and white, super direction. Lovely. She'll think you're very cultured. Next, please. Hey, Mel, it's Rita. You mentioned on the show before that you tip your bin men at Christmas. Just so I know, could you please give us the full Mel G list of trades that you tip? Oh, I like you, Rita. Is it Rita or Rita? I'm going to call you Rita because that's what you called yourself. I would tip the recycling gang, the bin gang... I would tip very heavily the carolers that come round and sing their lovely carols at Christmas time. I would also tip the young lads that come round for Guy Fawkes. I've actually stepped back into the 1970s, reader. I don't really know what I'm saying. <laughs> tip everyone, always. Cabs, definitely. Unless they're nasty and then don't tip them at all. Just tip the nice ones. Good on you, reader. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Hear more larks like that every Saturday lunchtime from one on Magic. The Mel Gedroyd Podcast.